Our purpose primarily at this time is to have uh, Brother Sammy Moore give you a few things to think about and consider in his past life. He is almost 99 years old and his mind is clear and he has wonderful memories of the past that he's going to pass on to you some now. Brother Moore. Tell him hello. Well, hello. Just tell him what you want to say now. I can't hear anything. You won't hear anything. No, sir. Just keep talking. Well, I don't know what you want. How long have you been living in Stanbury? I expect I've been living here about 35. Almost 40 years. Where were you raised? I was raised in Harrison County, Missouri. When did you first learn of the Church of God? When, when, when? I, yes, when and where? I joined the Church of God, I think, here at Stanbury. And I was baptized by A.C. Long when I first joined the church up there in Harrison County. And near Denver? Near Denver, yes, sir. And then after the baptizing, we all met at Brother Lippincott's turning shop, big shop he had, and there we organized the Church of God. And my father was put in as treasurer and elder. And Jacob Lippincott and Joshua Ayers was um, what was it? They were part of the organization too, I presume. Elders? Were the elders? Eld no, father was elder. Elder and yes. But uh, they actually and Jacob Livingcut I think was uh, uh some purpose of it. Treasure or something, I don't they know. They had an office anyway. Yes, they had an office. Mm -hmm. And how old were you about that time? I was about, I expect, 14 years old. 14 years old, and Four now you're 99. 99. That makes you about 85 years a member of the Church of God, is that right? Yes, sir. I've long heard that the very first one up there in Harrison County. And I was the first one who was baptized at the water edge when we were all baptized. But we had two baptisms, baptisms in the winter, in February. I think it was 11 baptized at that time. They were already Sabbath keepers, but they were Seventh-day Baptists. And they lived in northern Iowa, and it's so cold and blustery up there that they moved down to Harrison County and located right where they live now. And when my father and family moved down, we moved right there where they were living. And we made that our home. And Brother Long came up to hold meetings. We was all there ready for it and took part in the meeting. 
And that was A.C. Long. A.C. Long was our minister. He's a young man, about 22 years old. He, him and his family, or his father's family, came from Pennsylvania. And there was five boys and three girls, I think, and the two old folks. And one young, one man stayed there, one boy, that was a lawyer. He stayed in Pennsylvania. But Levi Long was a preacher, but he belonged to the Seventh-day Adventists. You want me to talk ahead? Go right ahead. Well, well then after Belong came to Harrison County to hold meetings for my father, I, uh, he, <coughs> he had it announced, of course, but uh, I see. Well, my father got on a horse the next morning after he got there and uh, given the word out that there's a meeting going to commence at Bram Schoolhouse, two miles west, where we lived. And Bram, did you say? Oh? What schoolhouse was that? Bram, 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 B-R-A-M, Bram, schoolhouse. It's the only famed schoolhouse in that part of the neighborhood. And... Uh, That's where they had the meeting at the Bram Schoolhouse. That's where we had the meeting. Yes, and that's where you joined the church. And that's where I joined the church. And I think I had one of the most marvelous conversions of any member in our church. I I like to be a church member, but I didn't care anything about joining then. I did it out along. And Brother Long had given an invitation every time he'd preach, but I wouldn't heed the calling. So <clears throat> one Sabbath, we all met there at the schoolhouse for church, and Brother Long preached, and we had a social meeting, and, uh, and then that's what it dismissed. But... I, he gave he gave me an invitation first, then this dismissed. But I I never heeded that call at all. I never thought of it. I didn't want to. But I was standing out one side by myself. I had a hymn book. I helped to sing, and uh, they. Uh, And he gave an invitation. I just stood there and I sang to all through and he dismissed the audience and they're fixing to go home. But finally something struck me that brought me to my senses. The spirit of the Lord fell on me. And and I felt the power of that spirit so much so that I hurried right over to Brother Long and gave him my hand. And 
Well, he said, do you want to unite with the church? I said, yes, sir. I want to unite with the church. Well, he called him down. Again, and he sang a song and gave me the right hand of fellowship. Then he, he dismissed, and he went home. But while this was all going on, my heart was just burning like fire. Oh, I never was such a good in my life. So that was all the Lord's work, for I had no intention to join church that day. But he brought me to it. I believe it in my, my uh, angel of the Lord is the one that caused me to see my mistake and waiting and putting it off. So I went and went forward and he uh, called the audience down then and talked a little bit, gave me the right hand of fellowship and dismissed me right home. We had dinner and my heart was still burning. And in the afternoon, I, my heart was still burning. I went to bed with my heart still burning, just burning like fire. And <coughs> the next morning, I thought, the thing, first thing I thought of was my good feelings, but they were all gone. And I was back again in the old world. That's pretty me like. But I never gave up. I never went sort of giving up the, the church of God. And then they went to work and and elected me elder. And I was only 20 years old. And they elected me elder over my father's head. They thought more of me. They thought my devotion was ahead of my father's. Therefore, they put me in as elder, and I was elder on that church till I came to Stanbury to make that my home. And when I got to Stanbury and uh, settled down, they only had four or five members that would come out to Sabbath school and the prayer meeting was dead to go nail. Well, the first thing they done is they put me in elder over George Rogers. And the first thing we knew is people coming in, moving in. Albert Lipscott and um, Michael Baines and, and several others and some few single ones. And uh, it wasn't long till we had a, re a real lively meeting there at the old church in Stanbury. We all had a good time. We all took part. And we seemed to be alive at all times. I never missed a meeting. I don't care if it was raining or snowing or what it was. I was there to read the meeting, to take it through. And then I sold out up at Harrison County and moved, moved down all. And stayed there 10 years. 
and got acquainted with the brethren most everywhere. And I remember distinctly when they would have a, a meeting, a, a speaking meeting, social meeting, that I always dreaded. I dreaded it because I couldn't talk without crying. And I get mad myself because I was so timid that way. But when I read the story of Hezekiah and Isaiah about he should die and not live, how he would turn his head to the wall and cried to the Lord and prayed and went on. Then quite a while, of course, Finally, the Lord told Isaiah, you go and tell Hezekiah that I've heard his prayers, I've seen his, heard his voice, and I've seen his tears, he says. Therefore, I'm going to give him more time in, in his kingship. He was a great king at that time. And uh, so he did. And then, uh, I don't know what did happen after that. Do you know how many years the Lord lengthened his life? Who? Do you know how many years the Lord extended his life? Fifteen. He extended his life fifteen years. And that gave him great courage again. But I know that <coughs> the Lord was with me at, at one time when as a young man down here at Gentry, his parents lived there. His name was, uh, I forget his name, he's very familiar. He come up there in our neighborhood to hold a revival meeting. And uh, he, he started the meeting, and it was very slim at first, but he did grow. It got to be great, the house was full all the time. So one Sunday morning, I got up, went out to read, stopped, and it was so nice and warm, the sun, sun shining so bright. I says to my wife, I says, let's go to meetings today. Well, where do we go? Why, we'll go to Danford Schoolhouse. Why, well, all right, said that's, that's me, I will go. Well, I, I told my folks over home there, but I wrote to them. They weren't very far away. And they got ready, and we all went. And uh, two miles up there, I used to be great, and we went up there, and they had a long row of hitchhack but it was full on both sides. and But I got a place to wire at the fence, some place to hitch my team. We went to the door, and it was blocked, pulled inside around the walls and in the, in the middle and everywhere. There could be anybody. But they found out who it was while they made room for us, us four. We went in, all of us, 
and sit down together. And uh, I didn't sit there very long till the Spirit of the Lord fell on me, just like it did when I was converted. My heart burned. My bones burned from my head to my feet. It burned like fire. Well, I never thought anything funny about that, but I know it is the Lord's work. Why he did it, I don't know. What I had done to cause him to do that, I don't know. But it must be I was in his favor. And that, that uh, blessing was from my head to my feet on both sides. It was just my uh, bones were burning, my heart was burning. And uh, it was a glorious, glorious blessing. But I never had the least idea of ever receiving a blessing in somebody else's church. But I did there, and and at my conversion, too. Well, I remember when father and mother was called with my brother Long to go someplace to help him to get started in a new calling, a new meeting. They'd be gone three, four days. They left everything in my hands. And they didn't say anything about family worship. But in the morning when morning came and we had our breakfast and I told get the balance of folks, I said, just go into the other room now and I'll read and we'll have worship. Oh, Ellie, the oldest, and Joe, next. Oh, he says that belongs to Papa and Mother. He says we won't have to, to be responsible for our worship. Well, I says, Jode, we're, we're all responsible. We know what good is and what evil is. And when we sin, we've got to go and have it pardoned. And I says, we'll have worship. Well, I agreed, and we don't. I worship, but I'd be the only one to pray. And we kept it up till they come home. Every time they go away, it was that way. We'd have worship. And it kept, I kept that up till my last wife died. I, when we got married in a home of our own, I started having family worship. And he never stopped having worship in our home. And I couldn't, my conscience wouldn't let me. I wanted to. Well, when we went to Stanbury and lived there, well, we did the same way there. My wife was a very spiritual woman, and we had family worship there. And Clear along till her death. Then it stopped. Then we, <coughs> there's so many times that I had the, the, 
the presence of the Lord with me, and I would go and pray in secret. Brother Long was a great man to, to preach secret prayer. He, he said, we can't pray too much or too often, but anyone that will take time to go and secrete themselves and pray to the Lord, they certainly are in earnest, and the Lord will bless them. Well, I find that he did. So I got kind of careless. I didn't uh, have um, I didn't uh, pray as often as I usually do. And I found that the Lord was going to leave me or something was going to happen. I didn't know what it was. But I, <clears throat> I asked the Lord to give me a token whether I was his child or not. Well, he went on for a couple of weeks. I was on the prairie coming home from my neighbors, and there was nobody around, only my own self. But I heard a voice say, yes, you are my child yet. Plain as a man could speak it, but there's no man there. But I believe that is the angel of the Lord. Well, that done me a lot of good, and, and I went to work, and I kept that. That promise that I would be his child. And I did. Well, I can remember, I don't know whether I ought to tell this or not over this radio, about our church being torn to pieces? I wouldn't. Huh? I wouldn't. Well, I don't think I would. Yes? Did you know, did you know that there's uh, one door out of the old church in this house, right close to you right now? Yes, I heard you say so. <laughs> I'd like to see it's it. It's a grand memory to us, too, Brother Moore. Huh? It's a great memory to us, too. Yeah, indeed. Yes, indeed. Oh, I also met from the, my boyhood on up to this. I never was out of the church. I belonged to it all my life. From the time it started in the first organization, I was there and I... I don't think I was put in office by then. And I continued firm and steadfast in the Church of God ever since. Uh, do you have anything you want to say about the church since you've lived here in Stanbury in the last 35 years? Yes, sir. I, I can say that I was... Uh, I'm not bragging about myself, though, but I believe the Lord had something to do with me coming here, brother. I, I believe the Lord had something to do with me moving Stanbury, and I didn't think about it, though, at that time. But as soon as I come, it wasn't long for the people commenced to come in here, members, and out isolated ones, and whole families. Come, come in here, uh, three, four of them, families, that come in, that 
I, I can name two of them, that Albert and, and Maud, Maud Rogers, and, well, that's, that's all I can name there now. Anyhow, the church built right up, and we had good spiritual meetings, both in the prayer meetings and preachings and Brother, uh, uh, brother, uh, what's his name? He won't have a practice meeting in the church. I said, no, I don't think it's worthwhile. I don't think we'll get a turnout enough to... His father's dead now. His mother is there with him. Brother in the house yet. That's oh, so strange that I can't think of that name. Well, lots of times I never can do that. Well, he says we, we can try it, but he gave out a meeting, and we all commenced a call for joiners to come and, and unite with Stanbury Church. Well, my wife, she said she wouldn't belong to any church, but she stood by my side, and when they gave the call, we were about the first ones out in, in the rain, went out and stood by the, by the sand, and I think some 20 or 25 had come out and gave themselves to, to the Church of God, joined the church, and built it up Wonderfully. Brother Moore, you've had a long and very interesting life. Many good experiences with the Lord. Yes, sir. Something that's uh, more than what the average man has opportunity to have. I never asked the Lord for some of them blessings. I didn't think to get them. But he poured them out on me. They were blessings. They were spiritual. Yeah, and I could, I could feel it. Uh, and I just, uh, when I come home from that meeting, I asked my wife and father and mother if they felt any different in the meeting. Did, did you feel anything uh, unusual in that meeting? <laughs> Do you good? No, they said they didn't. Well, I says I did. I said I wasn't in there hardly any time, but I just felt full of the Holy Spirit. And it was so better. And Your heart was in tune with God, wasn't it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And yeah. I continued right along that way on uh, in the church ever since. Nearly a hundred years, I've been a church member of the Church of God and an elder and a at a Sabbath school teacher. And uh, the first time you heard of the Church of God was up there in Harrison County near Denver when the man uh, came in there at the meeting that you joined? No. They, uh, it was just a uh, meeting, regular meetings. But that was the first you knew of the Church of God, wasn't it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's the first of the Church of God. 
I read it from the very first clear to the very last time. You're still here. I'm still here yet, and in good health, apparently. That, but I don't know how long it will last. Uh, that I know good and well, and my own self-begging, not begging, that the Lord has perpetuated my life and brought me here where I am today. Amen. Now, between the Lord and your good doctor friend here beside you, you're getting along all right today, too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I'm thankful for the good doctor, and I'm Thankful for the Lord for his wonderful love and mercy that he has extended toward me. And it must have been something unusual, brethren, because I wasn't a saint. I didn't, I couldn't live without doing something that would please the Lord. Sometimes I know more. I get mad. Say things like that. But nevertheless, the Lord never brought it up against me. If he did, he forgave it first. Isn't that wonderful? It's wonderful. Yes, he is. And I've had good health, except my lame leg. I always said that I was never was sick in bed. Well, I never was sick in bed. But I have been laid up with my lame leg. I, I hurt that leg when I was a little bit of a boy, a young boy, skating. And the, and I fell on the ice, bruised the bone, and I won't have to quit then. It, it uh, and went running, so uh, growing, the bone got to growing. Uh, operated on three times. My father operated, had it done when I was about six, seven years old, Dr. Bishop. He went in and took out part of the marrow at the ankle. And just as nonsensical nonsense. Then the next time I went to the boy, our little town down here, and there was a man, doctor, a doctor came there, a surgeon, and he claimed to be good. Doctor William Pierre Townsdale, he, he knew this man. He told me, he said, you better go to Salon Springs, I said, down here, and see that doctor and let him operate on your leg. Well, I did, and he operated on it, but he, did, he didn't get deep enough. Well, he, that summer, he was in the spring, that summer he went to St. Joe and was at head of the class there and lecturing on science. And he wrote to me. He said, you come down, and I made arrangements with the put you before the class. It don't cost you anything for the operation, but outside of that, it'll cost you, he said. 
Well, I did. And I doctor and I had to operate on it. And it was sad. I got well. It's well today. Well, I don't know that I can think anything more or not. Do you want to say anything particularly to the ministers uh, at this time or meeting? Yes, I would like to say something that would be benefit. You, you tell me something. You go right ahead and tell them of, uh, of uh, your faith and your hope at this time. How's that? You can tell them of your hope for the future. Yes, yes, sir. Well, my dear brothers and sisters, I have to quit as my voice is giving out and I have to call. But I want to add one more thought. This is that I may be worthy, live so that I be worthy to meet all of my ministering brethren in this kingdom of God. I love you, brethren. I love the very dirt you walk on. I don't any of you, and I <laughs> appreciate your kindness and long forbearance in coming around to lifting me while I'm here in this where the poor sick people come to get relief. They treat us mighty nice. We have plenty to eat. And everything that is good for us, they will hold nothing. And... Brother Moore, you're getting pretty tired now. Perhaps I better let you rest a while. Well, all right. I'll be better. It affects my heart. Yes, surely. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Thank you. Brother Moore has... I listened to, to the tape, and uh, and now we want to have him uh, add to it if he feels like it. You may add to the tape now if you feel like it in this microphone. Well, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. That's the trouble. I forgot everything. Eh? Well, I get my mind brought to it. But of course, I I could say something, I expect, but. Well, I have a question for you now. Yeah, all right. Do you remember Mr. and Mrs. A.D. Young? Yes, sir, I do. They're my neighbors. Oh, they were your neighbors? Yes, sir. Church people? No, they were church people, Baptist. Oh, yes. Uh, was there a Young that served on the, the church board? How's that? Was there a Young that served on the church board? No. Not as I know of. Do you do you remember some people by the name of uh, Good Enough, Elder Good Enough? Yes, sir. Uh, he was a minister, was he? Yes, sir. He a minister. I didn't preach many times. Uh huh. Uh, this uh, this man, Mr. Young, was supposed to uh, have been a uh, one of the uh, church people, and he uh, was the grandfather of Mrs. Miriam, one of the uh, church ladies now. Well, that's a different man. 
uh, Elmer Sheffield's father-in-law. Well, that's another man out, out of my memory. You don't remember him? No, I don't remember them. He, he lived in Sanbury. He died in 1928, I understand. What was his name, you say? Young? Young, Young. I forgot him at the time. I did. Oh, sure. Yes, certainly. He's a nice man. Sure. Yes, he died. It just went out to Colorado or someplace, I think. I where, that's where he passed away. Oh. What do you remember about him? Well, he was a mighty devoted man. He was a great help to his church there in Stanbury. He didn't preach, but then he exhorted. He was always at the prayer meetings and always at the Sabbath schools. Any meeting was going, he was there and he helped carry it through. In his time, they both were very, very much devoted. And we saw a great deal of Brother Young. We hated to leave him, have him to go, but he wanted to go with Elmer. And he went, and he didn't live there very long. He passed away, and that's the last we ever had of him. Elmer was back once after that, I believe, to see me, this with me, and he he just paid me a visit and then went on, but uh, he didn't give me any particular news of the church or anybody else. Nice. Is there anything to say this morning? How? Anything further you'd like to say this morning? Uh, is that all I would be? Would you like to say something more? I would if I could. <laughs> uh. I, I certainly wish. Well, I was going to tell him about my suffering. No doing my lame business. I had it for, I was 20, 20, 25 years before I ever got rid of it. That must have been a real trial. Well, no, brother, it was an awful. My father was a man who didn't think very deep in his heart to keep, to take pain off of any of his family. Now, I uh, never missed yesterday too, at least eight years. That uh, leg would commence to hurting in the fall, maybe, maybe in the spring. And it hurt me about three or four, three months, no, three or four weeks before it would break. Well, now all the throbbing and feeling that sure would give me just sob, 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 sob all the, all the aftermath part of the night. The fore part of the night, no, the fore part of the night I couldn't sleep, but the other part I'd be so worn out, I'd fall asleep and I'd wake up in the morning and about it, it quit hurting. And it wasn't hurting me. I'd get out and get my team ready and everything and go into the field with the boys and worked till noon. And then after that, well, I wasn't worth much. I went on that way for till I was 25 years old. 
the horse was operated on. My, that was certainly a struggle. I I went to uh, old Dr. Steinreed there at the Saddle Springs, and uh, he was just ready to break. And he, he says, well, that's just now ready to, to operate on. He says, it's ready to break. Well, he operated on it. And he took, he, he cut in with a chisel and hammer, I don't know what he had used. Anyhow, he cut out a whole lot of stuff, but he didn't get all the bones. Well, just a moment now. Yeah.